0: It's in the red, thank you, and I'm Dave. Ryan, And with us, as always, is our patriot of time and space, the one and only Johnny Total Gimboid. How are you, Johnny Total Gimboid? I'm doing
1: well, you absolute fucking smagad.
0: Oh, thank you. That's nice. Oh, it's great to be back. And you know, it's wonderful to be here, because telling by our intro music... And if you can hear the music in the background, we are celebrating all things that are Red Dwarf. Because believe it or not, the science fiction series originally aired 30 years ago, as of February 15th. So, like four or five days ago, ago yeah. from doing this, yeah. um, it celebrated its 30th anniversary. Yeah, but there's also the whole parallel Um, and um, yeah, it's been going strong since 1988 when it first appeared on BBC 2. Um, this crazy little show that almost didn't become a show. It was four years in development, almost didn't become a thing. It was originally slated to be aired in 86. Didn't happen until 88, and yet it's become one of the biggest cult hits of uh, British comedy and science fiction fans alike. Love this show, and uh... I'm no exception to that. And so we're going to do a little trivia, um, red dwarf-based oh, trivia. That's right. So dust off your um, your scutters and see where your moon shoes are at because we're going knees um, deep into parallel universes. I-, I believe there's a lot of red dwarf puns you're making there, but I have no idea what any of them are. <laughs> well, you know, whatever. Just, we'll get to it. And if you don't awesome. know, well, you won't get a point for it later How do I on. dust off a cutter? Dust off a scutter, scutter, a oh, scutter. Yes, the scutter. Ooh. What is a scutter? A scutter. Well, we'll get to that. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just great.
1: <laughs> Wait, I know the answer. Do you know? The, oh, well, can you answer? What is a scutter? Yeah, a scutter is. Uh, there was two of them, and they're little Fuck robot off, uh, guys that go about the ship and help out in me. They have does, little does claws Lister for hands, and they just help. Them. Yeah, I know yeah They're, they're like drones, really. Is what they are. You're, you're but they're on wheels. So does he get points for that? You're a little
0: loud today, Johnny. Sorry. I don't know if he gets points for that, does
1: he? <laughs> no. He, well, no. It's a it's a
0: preliminary oh, round. Shit! <laughs> it's not even. We haven't even started. I'm already lose. I'm already behind, game. and we're not even started. It's all good. How's that, Johnny? I don't know. Is that better? I'm there a we go. There. Sounds pretty. There. tired. Yay. I'll try not to yell as much. Yeah, you do get I tend excited. To, I get
1: a little exuberant you sometimes. Get exuberant. It's very
0: excitable. So what better cocktail? It is cocktail week here on In it The Red. Is. Um, if you're familiar with our format, we alternate between a wonderful craft beer and a beautifully mm. crafted cocktail each week. This week, it of course, is cocktail week. And uh, we're featuring another spirit from Odd Society uh, Distilleries out on awesome. Powell Street in Vancouver. Um, we've actually used their creme de cassis mm. in this drink. The drink this week is actually called the Red Dwarf. It's the official drink of the show. Extremely appropriate. Red Dwarf. It consists of two measures of rum, a measure of peach schnapps, uh, two measures of orange juice, a third of a measure of lemon juice... Uh, fresh lemon juice, preferably, unless you're going to use that real lemon shit, then eh, why even bother? Just, just fucking shoot yourself down. But if you, it's all you got, then do it. Um, and yeah, uh, you shake it in a shaker full of ice, pour it into a glass, and then pour in a third of a measure of uh, the creme de cassis. If you don't know what creme de cassis is, it's a liqueur which um, it originally stems from France. Um, and it's made from black currant, So it's a black liqueur. smells amazing, actually, and, when uh, I did smell the bottle yeah. earlier. So let's, uh, dare we say, bottoms up. or uh, Shall we clink? Let's clink on Clinks. it. Clink. Clink. Yes. There we go. Yes. So there we go. Hmm. Ooh. Hmm. I don't know if I got to need the cassis. That is potent. It is potent. But it's very nice. It's fucking potent. Uh, Super good, though. I'm going to give it a little stir. Ooh, that really changes the flavor. It's very red now. It's kind of layered, because originally, because you pour the cassis in after, and you get this very red layer. Mm-hmm. It looks like the a Shirley Temple. It looks, does, yeah.
1: Not anymore. Now it looks like grapefruit juice.
0: Ooh, that is potent. I'm glad I ate before the show. Mm-mm. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, oh, it'll just be sloppy uh, Red well, that Dwarf sweetened trivia. That's up quite a lot. It took it a lot did. of the tartness that was in the mm, first
1: hit. That's quite nice. It is quite nice. Hmm. What do you give that there, Dave?
0: I would give that probably seven Gelfs out of nine Polymorphs. Oh, my God. It's a Red Dwarf thing. I, think. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I know it's a Red Dwarf thing because there's reasons
1: for you're, fuck's sakes. You're, you're going to get trounced.
0: um I would give that... Um, I don't know, like six. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Out of about ten, hopefully, I'll figure
1: it out eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's a good rating. <laughs> that's all I got. God, a good rating. Damn it, uh, I will get, and I hope I'm getting this right and showing my red dwarf prowess. I would probably give this nine queegs, big bad queegs, out of ten.
0: That's a that's a great rating
1: mm. and checkmate. Um, that's a thing. That's, a, you, that's, you, that's, that's Does also he get more points for that? Dwarf? Because no, we haven't started yet. He doesn't so. get any points. No
0: points. At all. points. Good. So as we were, as I said, um, we're going to do some red dwarf trivia. It is their 30th anniversary, which is fantastic. Um, a show that started in 1988 is still producing episodes. They're about to, They put out two seasons in the last two years. And uh, prior to that, there was nothing for almost a decade and they've been back and they've been pushing out episodes like crazy. And it's fantastic. I, I, it's one of those shows that I just have such a, a great, warm, fuzzy feeling for. And I remember when I was a teenager and I was a, I was a little shy and I wasn't cool. I was kind of nerdy and didn't have a lot of What's friends changed? when when I was. A, yeah, it's true. I'm just older. <laughs> well, he has friends now. I can drink now. <laughs> Dussies, such uh-huh. as they are. <laughs> <laughs> but I would uh, quite often watch PBS because I was a big nerd, and PBS was great because they would always have the uh, British comedy marathons yeah. and during their pledge breaks. And I remember that's how I got introduced to the likes of Faulty Towers, Blackadder, and of course Red Dwarf. And I remember every year they PBS, would add more right? episodes. Yeah, yeah. Are you listening? No, I am listening. I'm just <laughs> confirming it with you with no. PBS. Um, and yeah, and right. I used to Dwarf, uh, right? yeah. Yeah, Peter Falk and uh, Fred Savage. He uh, So we used to watch them in, um, all the time, and that was back when you could get VHS. Brian's going to throw his beer can at me. Um, Warming up my arm first. I'm going to make it strong before I actually do it. Give me a couple of minutes. So essentially we I would watch these shows, and eventually I would record them on VHS. That's my buzzer. Thank you. Um, And we would record them on VHS and then I would take them to school and we would sit in the back room, me and the other nerds and the outcasts and we would watch British comedies and Red Dwarf was one of our favorites to watch and quote and just have a lot. um, We would bandy about Smeghead all the time or Smeg and yeah, we thought it was cool. Unfortunately, it wasn't. No, but, but 100%, 100%, the reason I brought up PBS to you again, and then you had to rip on me for Peter Falk and whatnot, which is totally fine, I'm just a little hurt about it, and that, that's okay. <laughs> you seem a little hurt. But tired. that's how I learned about Red Dwarf as well, mm-hmm. and Blackadder, and yep. all the rest was PBS, public broadcasting, yeah. and they used to play marathons, you know, Faulty Towers. They'd play every single episode over like, you know, 24 hours or 48 hours. Yeah. and it was great. Yeah, Red Dwarf, that's the only reason I know Red Dwarf at all. <laughs> I was into doing trivia with you guys, it was... I watched a bit of it, so I might be able to do something. So what we're going to do is I do have quite a a vast knowledge of of Red Dwarf because I've watched it ad nauseum for for years and decades, essentially. Like for three decades. Really? Just testing. (laughs) No big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Minus 1,000 points. They work. Perfect. Okay. So anyway, um, I do have quite a lot of knowledge on Red Dwarf on myself, so I'm not saying I'm I'm Alex Trebek in the amount of knowledge I have. Um, But I have outsourced some few other sources for tonight's quiz. I looked onto the actual Dave website, um, which of course is named after the lead character in Red Dwarf. Can you name that lead character? Yes, David Lister. That's correct. One point to Johnny. Uh, Dave Lister is, of course, the main character in Red Dwarf. And for who the station is actually named for. And when uh, Red Dwarf came back, it was on the Dave Network. And they gave it the name Dave because Red Dwarf is going to be its flagship show. Much in the way that Simpsons and Married with Children and other of the early Fox shows were the flagship shows for Fox Network back in the in the 80s, I guess, mid-80s or early 80s. Uh, so, yeah, Dave is based... Is, named after Dave Lister from Red Dwarf. And, uh, yeah. So, let's start off. Here we go. Um, Have you ever asked yourself the question, what if one of your dad's other sperm had made it? Well, then you're very odd. But which bad guy in Red Dwarf had the power to make this happen? Was it the Sperminator? The Judger? The, inquisi- the Inquisitor or the Adjudicator? Is that you? The Inquisitor? The Inquisitor. You are correct! Yes. It was the Inquisitor. Um, yes. Great guess. There we go. I mean, I knew that. Which household appliance was capable of keeping quiet as Lister was of smelling of anything other than Vindaloo? Was it the ironing board? the vacuum cleaner, the microwave oven or the toaster. The toaster. The toaster. For a bonus point, <clears throat> do you know which actually I have some information about this toaster. Hold on, I'm going to Do you know which actor who played the who provided the voice for the toaster played a other character on a previous episode of Red Dwarf? Can you name what character he played?
1: That's uh, tough. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, it sounds like it's a guest guy too, not like a regular player. Uh, I don't know his name, but oh. I would guess the guy who played the original Crichton.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right. Huh. Name, I don't know his, his name. His <laughs> name was David Ross. He ah. played the original Crichton in the very first episode, season two, episode one. Uh, he was the... At that time, he was in the spaceship SS Esperanto. Hmm. Um, or no, it wasn't the Esperanto. It was a different ship. What the, the ship. fuck? Um, I pulled that right out yeah. of my ass. He, uh, Seriously? What, he played the original... Crichton. The only reason he didn't come back was because he, um, well, he couldn't make it. He well, had contractual obligations, and yeah, so they brought him back yeah. yep. I will say, Johnny, if you're pulling that out of your ass, we're doing a okay right now because we are actually answering these questions, and I have no idea how, yeah, or why. Um, another bonus question for either of you: uh, oh. What accent is does Crichton speak in? Brian. Russian? No. Canadian. That's correct. He, um, Robert Llewellyn, who plays Crichton, of course, has uh, expressed quite regularly that when he was originally trying to create the character of Crichton, he wanted to do either Swedish or something, but he thought it was going to be kind of weird having a robot speak with a Swedish accent. So he went with a Canadian accent, which gives him the weird staccato robotic it, sound that he...
1: It's ooh. odd, because I had considered Robert Llewellyn, because I, I thought, we did celebrities or bands or something that we thought were co- Canadian yeah. on a previous program and Robert Llewellyn always stuck out in my mind as a guy who I always thought was Canadian because of that because he sounded Canadian on the show he, he didn't have a British accent but where
0: would all the calculators go
1: but he actually is, he is a British <laughs>
0: <man>. <laughs> he is, he's very British He. Yeah, um, uh, bonus question, can you name the sh- other show that he was famous for hosting
1: ugh no No. Yeah, no. I've forgotten. I saw it today too when I was doing research. Uh, But junkyard wars was his favorite afterwards.
0: (laughs) No. Which coincidentally follows up to which (laughs) which actor from Red Dwarf hosted Robot Wars. Yes, Craig Charles. Craig Charles. Yes, who played David Lister, of course.
1: Who took over for Jeremy
0: Clarkson? Yes, that was just weird. <laughs> Look at Brian.
1: Is just hating life right now. All right, next. I'm doing
0: good. Next, opening. I'm winning, right, Dave? Well, you got a question. Yes. So it's
1: yeah. early yet.
0: One to zero. Okay, when you've got next several. question. Shush. Here comes the questions. Okay. okay. (laughs) After having the anger sucked out of him by a polymorph in Red Dwarf, Rimmer was transformed into a goateed smeghead whose t-shirt bore which slogan? Was it, Peace is for Life, Not Just for Christmas? Uh, Give Keisha Chance, Save the Earthworms, or Campaign for Real Hugs?
1: Give Keisha a chance.
0: You are absolutely correct. <laughs> I thought uh, I meant that, yeah, that the the polymorph, of course, was uh, a creature who would change shapes and snuck aboard. They actually brought him on board in a canister. And oh, he Used right. to change shapes into it, a ball and yeah, whatever. But he would suck out. He lived by and... sucking out people's emotions, and he sucked out all of Lister's anger, uh, or not Lister's Rimmer's anger, which turned him into a peace-loving beatnik, of course. Okay, next question. Uh, Red Dwarf's Crichton, the mechanoid whose head would make a highly serviceable Dungeons and Dragons die, was discovered while working as a servant on which ship? Was it A, the Nova 5, B, the Quasar 7, C, the Zeltron 1, or D, the Magcock 2? D. Incorrect. Johnny? B. The Quasar 7? I have no idea. No. <laughs> it was the Nova... <laughs> I couldn't remember what you it said. It was the Nova 5. God, right. God damn I it. was the Esperanto. That was my was second choice. Um, it was my second choice. Do you remember what show he was watching when they first discovered Crichton on the Nova 5? No. Brian? Not a bloody clue, man. He was watching androids the intergalactic soap opera of the time and is that a real androids. show or is that just something they made up for the? it was a show, show that they made up for the show it was oh, a it was a cool. it was a, a show in a show it was all it was it's the meta. precursor to essentially uh, all my circuits which became famous on futurama and dave um or matt Groening actually attributes the all my circuits to the show androids which was created on Brilliant, red dwarf. Yeah, cool. Okay, here we go. What calamity wiped out the red dwarf crew and left Lister as the last human living representative of the human
1: race? A radiation leak.
0: You, you're correct, of course. Um, yeah, it was a radiation leak. He was successfully. He was put into radiation for a radiation, radiation leak. Do you know how many years he was left in radiation? Like 3
1: million or something? That is this
0: is correct. It was 3 million years. Originally scripted, it was supposed to be over 8 billion years. Oh, and they changed it because they were like,
1: well, eh.
0: <laughs> it seemed a little ridiculous.
1: <sighs> uh, it, they wouldn't want to be absurd in the show at all.
0: So, yeah. No, that's true. So, for a bit of a laugh, it gets a little lonely in space, so Holly decided to take on an alter ego in a so fearsome he made Lord Sugar look like a big hairy girl. What name did this evil holly go under? I'm not even gonna be able to read them out. You're gonna guess? Is it Queeg? It is Queeg. That is correct. <laughs> I, I already answered that. There you go. Uh, that was a great episode. He was, of course, originally playing chess and then he takes over and the thing and it was all just a big joke. <laughs> oh, Holly. Holly, of course, was the ship's computer, played by which actor? Uh, Norman Lovett. Yes, that is correct. Um, he, of course, played Holly in the first season, the second season, and reprised his role much later on. Um... But yeah, so he's, he's the original Holly, that's for sure. In Red Dwarf Land, virtual reality headsets weren't just a rubbish 90s phenomenon, like the blue notes or the blue tones. Thanks to this technology, the cat became a blinged-up gunslinger called A. Brett Riverboat B. The Riviera Kid C. Dangerous Dan McCrew Or D. The cat with no name. Yes.
1: I'll try Dangerous Dan.
0: That is incorrect. Brian, you want to take a stab at it?
1: Well, golly. Uh, I guess I should. Um, I'll go with A.
0: Brett Riverboat? Yes. That is incorrect. The Damn. correct answer is the Riviera Kid, um, in the famous episode, which actually won them their first BAFTA award hmm. and nomination. Um, where, a genuine BAFTA? Where they, uh, where they were almost the British American Film and Technology Award. Or British Arts and Film. Arts, Film, and Technology Award. Isn't that what BAFTA stands for? I have no idea. Um, it's one of the most critically acclaimed episodes, uh, and it is a great episode. I can't remember the name of it at the moment, because people keep whispering weird words in my ear. BAFTA. Uh, anyway, as we go on, what is Arnold Rimmer's middle name? Is it Hitler, Napoleon, Judas, or Genghis? Genghis. Incorrect. Judas. It is Judas. Arnold Judas Rimmer, of course, with his uh, swimming certificate (laughs) on Gaspacho Soup Day. Okay. (laughs) Gaspacho Soup. Who did the Red Dwarf crew help to assassinate himself in a time travel plot so convoluted it was enough to make Stephen Hawking give up physics and take up advanced Ludo instead? Was it Gandhi... J.F. Kennedy Julius Caesar or Honest Abe Lincoln Lincoln Incorrect Johnny JFK It was JFK which is funny because there's a whole episode where um they actually made a statement about not being able to help JFK not get shot oh crap my mind's gone completely blank now uh Anyway, hey Dave, how's the game going, and why am I winning by such a large margin? <laughs> I don't. I uh, just wanted to ask that. Does it question matter? Here. Well, we're just doing an update here, right? No, I, nobody cares what the score is. I do, you, apparently. Um, isn't it great when good things come back? Flares, Rick Astley, and the mining ship Red Dwarf, which was recreated complete with its entire crew. What brought them back to life? Was it nanobots, um, an evil alien race, God? Or Crichton's older brother?
1: Hmm. No idea. Alien race.
0: No. Yeah. It was nanobots. Um, and there was an episode which involved, of course, Crichton had... Um, the episode was called Angels and Demons. Uh, Crichton was able to replicate things, but it would make a... Instead of replicating the object, it would make a really great object and a really terrible object, and it made um, two more red dwarfs, one which was all good and one which was all bad. Mm. Um, and eventually, in the, when they tried to reverse the whole thing, um, all the red dwarfs got destroyed and they barely got away in a starbug, and of course, yeah, they spent the next two seasons trying to find uh, Red Dwarf. Funny story is the fact that the reason they wrote it like that was because the actual Red Dwarf spaceship, which they used in the intro, uh, was destroyed mm. and lost. So <laughs> they didn't have one for the season. So they actually had to rewrite the new season to have them just on Starbuck. So it kind of worked out in the end for them, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but then they eventually did find it, and it was put together by nanobots that um, Crichton had built. Uh, it would pain Redor's cat to admit it, but he owes his very existence to Lister, uh, the human equivalent of a used sock, because, of course, when Lister was locked up in stasis, the safe was sealed safely into the ship's hold. Hold, not hole. Um, or more accurately, to Lister's pet. From which the cat evolved. Do you know the name of the of Lister's cat that was sealed up? Was it Dracula, Doctor Jekyll, the Yeti, or Frankenstein? Johnny,
1: it was Frankenstein. It
0: was Frankenstein. Uh, he had <laughs> he got it while he was on shore leave. Sure, it still works. Sorry. There we go. Um we got here yeah so of course the cat and uh if you know the story of red dwarf essentially yeah they were sealed in the hole the cat was wasn't um they were exposed to radiation and they were left on they basically kept the cat was pregnant at the time gave birth and of course over three billion years on a spaceship in the middle of nowhere the cats evolved into a whole new species and hence the cat was left behind Do you remember... Actually, we'll get to that question later. Let's go with this one. As if Rimmer being a hundred-proof git wasn't enough, he once went totally insane and stalked the Red Dwarf dwarf crew with a malevolent hand puppet. What was this arch-villain known as? Was it Sergeant Kill'em All, Dr. Klump, Mr. Fibble, or Madam Gucci? Anyone? Jesus. I will try Mr. Fibble. It was Mr. Fibble. Notoriously, they left him in... um, Of course it was. They went out, and then they came back. They were left in quarantine, and he goes absolutely mad. He's got the weird hat, and he's got that Mr. Fibble says that he doesn't like you very much. Yes, and his eyes would turn red, and he would shoot lasers out of them. Oh, Mr. Fibble. In Red Dwarf, rumor once fell under the mistaken but tra- traumatic impression that his mother and Lister played unthinkable sex games with which food stuff. Was it crunchy nut cornflakes? Alphabetty spaghetti, potato waffles, or pop tarts Brian? Alphabetty spaghetti. You're correct. It was Alphabetti spaghetti. Yes! <laughs> I am alive. <laughs> Okay, you've heard of honor among thieves on Red Dwarf. It was more a case of friendship among smegheads. As a special treat for Crichton, on when he this is actually in an episode where he found out that he was going to be replaced by another android, they decided to give him a going away party. And Holly knocked up a sort of android cocktail consisting of Vimto and what was it? Excuse me, diesel antifreeze. Liquid nitrogen or hydrochloric acid. Brian. Antifreeze. Incorrect. Damn. Antifreeze. Incorrect. <laughs> <coughs> it is liquid nitrogen. <coughs>
1: Pangalactic gargle blaster.
0: That's a different series. Antifreeze. <laughs> <laughs> no? Oh. Oh, oh yeah, God. we're ahead of that now. Sorry. Um, coming back to the Scudders, which we talked about earlier, which were kind of like the little mechanoid creatures that would help um, out on the ship, help um, paint and things. They were drones. They were yeah. drones, yeah. They were basically like a, a bendy thing with a three prong <laughs> hand on the end. They were Sounds like my way. It's an early oh. Mars rover. <laughs> yeah. Or or, type. Uh, or what do you call them? Those Zumbas.
1: Zumbas? Yes, yeah, a Roomba. Roomba? Roomba. Roomba. It's basically a remote. fantastic sort of it was um, actually because they used the dust stab him
0: stab him stab him oh have you met our scutters his name's stab him <laughs> he's trying to get him to stab the <laughs> Lister's conscience with a syringe <laughs> his name's stab him uh, the scutters of course were red dwarf's maintenance robots led luckless trundling monotonous lives in other words they were a lot like humans and even worshipped a human film star who was that film star was it Kim Basinger, Norman Wisdom, Chevy Chase, or John Wayne? Brian. John Wayne. You're absolutely correct. It well, was John it. Wayne. In fact, there's a famous scene where well, uh, Rumors looking Rumble. for the cat and peeps into the uh, into the uh, the cinema that they had on the ship, right. and there's the scudders watching John Wayne movies, and of course they give him the old raspberry two finger <laughs> <laughs> salute.
1: Must have looked like Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, it pretty much. <laughs> I have in, my mind. <laughs> in
0: Red Dwarf, Lister's kitchen prowess is pretty much limited to knocking up incredibly hot curries like vindaloo. Despite this, he once went all Heston and trained his to pass his chef's exam. But why? Was it to outrank Rimmer, to impress Captain Hollister, to seduce Kachansky, or out of sheer maddening boredom?
1: Johnny. To outrank Rimmer. That
0: is correct, because he was sick of Rimmer being an officer and him being of higher rank. So what better way? The cook was actually a high rank. You, of course... Then, like, totally, like, plots it and fucking chubs it because, yeah, at the end of the day, he doesn't really give a shit, <laughs> so he's <laughs> quite happy. Um, also, that's, and of course, then by then, Rimmers also cloned himself, and there was two Rimmers, which was terrible. Ah, ay, ay. And Red Dwarf Lister once found himself pregnant after sleeping with a female version of himself. As one night stands go, that's pretty rough. But when what led the crew to the parallel universe in the first place? Uh, was it the chocolate vending machine, a wormhole, the Crichton Continuum Operator, or the Hollyhop Drive? Anyone? I'm thinking... Oh, wormhole. Incorrect. The Hollyhock Drive. That's correct. It's the Hollyhop Drive, created, of Holy course, Hop. by Holly. It was a large box Holly with a button, and he's like, here, Hop hit the button. Drive. And they did, and they ended up in a parallel <laughs> universe where they saw the exact opposite of each other, including female versions of Rimmer and, of course, Lister. And instead of the cat, he was a dog. <sighs> oh, hilarity ensued. And, of course, they got Indeed. drunk. And Lister gets pregnant. There was female Holly as well. There was a female Holly. That's correct. Who then became female Holly? Uh, what sort of creature fooled the red dwarf crew into thinking their the whole their whole time on the ship was a video game, and that Lister was in fact a highly feared police chief? Mm. Was it a a tadpole? B oh crap! Hold on. Ah. Yes, it was crap. This there man no reads eyes. from cards. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually lost the whole thing now. Was it a tadpole? A giraffe? Was it a squid or a shark? Shark. Incorrect. Damn. Yes.
1: A tadpole.
0: No. Oh. Incorrect. It was yeah. the despair squid. Uh, the episode where they actually go down into the that was the um what was the ship I had said earlier. Esperanto the The Esperanto yes the Esperanto ship which was at the bottom of a huge uh, lake planet or ocean planet Mm. uh, they get on there and of course they find that everybody has committed suicide which seemed really weird even the fish around them had committed suicide tried to kill themselves Um, and of course they get sprayed by the despair squid unbeknownst to them of course and they wake up in a world thinking that their entire life has been one just game that they've been playing for the last you know Hmm. five ten years and they've been failing miserably at it uh, much to their chagrin i can't believe i've um totally buggered this out i'm almost there but yeah it was the despair squid Um, Of course, everybody knew that. Though, which alternative? Yeah, it's true. The alternative (laughs) version of the cat had a bowl haircut, outsized teeth, and all the sexual charisma of a spam sandwich. What was his name? John Spam? No. Dwayne Dibley. You are correct, Dwayne Dibley. I don't want to be (laughs) Dwayne Dibley. (laughs) <laughs> Who the hell's Dwayne Dibble? <laughs> uh, first scene in that same episode where they're on the display, despair squid, and he discovers that he's yeah, he's a buck tooth, terribly dressed man with the uh, horror. The is cat this is this polyester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's right. It's a great. He loses his shit because uh, he's not fashionable. At it's all. true, and the cat is rather fashionable. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, when um, Doug Na- series creators Doug Naylor and Ed Bye decided to create the show, they were talking about John Jewell's. Hall, no, no, John... Danny John Jewels. Dan, mm-hmm. Danny John Jewels, thank you very much. Um, and how they wanted him. And he, most of the people that were on Red Dwarf were not established actors at the time. Mm. Uh, the mm-hmm. only one that really had any acting experience was, of course, uh, Chris Berry, Chris who, Berry played, uh, who played Rimmer. Who had been on a um, bunch of comedy things. Yeah, David Lister or Craig Charles. Charles was a poet, right? He was a he poet like and he did like some like stand-up political comedy. Political kind of
1: slam kind yeah, of poetry in a way.
0: Danny John Jewels was a professional dancer. Either. And, yeah. uh, um, and a singer Robert Llewellyn I'm not even sure What he used to do But he came Not until he like The third He was also on a sitcom season. Prior
1: to that That was really mm, bad That's I think. true
0: But um, yeah, so when they originally wrote the characters, they kind of wrote them based on who they were in real life because it was easier for them to adapt to those characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Craig Charles, of course, admits that he's kind of a lazy bastard and he doesn't like to clean himself very much. But he doesn't
1: like curry or beer. But he doesn't
0: like curry and he doesn't like beer, which is kind of weird. Danny John Jewels, of course, uh, did have a very extensive suit collection and he talked about it when he first got interviewed for the role of Cat and how he really likes to dress up and look good. and. So they wrote that into, and it works into being a cat because cats are very vain. And apparently it's a great when he character. showed up
1: to his, in, uh, to his uh, audition, mm-hmm. he was half an hour late and he didn't really know that. Mm-hmm. But they, they had a chuckle, the, uh, whatever, um, Grant Naylor, and, no, no, Doug Naylor yes. and Rob Grant had a chuckle. Um, because, like a cat, he was oblivious to the fact that he was half an yeah. hour late, and he just, like, carried on nonchalantly <laughs> and blew them away. He yeah. was the only person they'd seen audition for the role, and they were like, yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, they basically gave him. <laughs> just it to like them. a cat. Half an hour late, doesn't give a shit.
0: So, apparently Doc Brown lied. Fuck you, Doc Brown. Uh, you don't need a flux capacitor to travel through time. The Red Dwarf crew managed it only to discover the future Lister had become a what? Was it a spliced man tiger monstrosity? That would be crazy. Some kind of custard? A brain in a jar? Tiger man monstrosity. I, oh, oh, I don't know. Obese or an obese bald gang. You used to want uh, tiger man. I had to get one. Here. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta it's get not the, a tiger man monstrosity. Oh, fuck that. A I I? custard. Custard? Do you think it's custard? I think it's custard. Uh, no, the correct answer is a brain Sorry, in, a, in jar. a jar. There we go. I fucked the flow and That's I okay. got it wrong. <coughs> At least if I got it right, it would
1: redeem myself a little bit. But good lord. Oh, you're doing fine. We're almost Oh, on stop. Far, for goodness sakes. We're tied right now.
0: That's what Dave said, anyways. <laughs> I haven't said shit. Yeah.
1: We're not keeping score.
0: Really. The uh, There we are. It's tied. Ace Rimmer. I'm winning. Mm. What a guy. Um, of course, was known for mounting the smoke kipper industry. With his famous catchphrase, smoke me a kippah. I'll, I'll be, be back. back for breakfast. Uh, what a guy. Ghani, uh, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, he was mortally wounded or fatally wounded while rescuing which unfeasibly named royal in Red Dwarf? Was it Prince Vix, Princess Bonjella, King Aspirin, or Queen Norufin? The
1: Princess.
0: Princess Bonjela? Yeah, you are correct. It is Princess Bonjela.
1: I did not know that one actually. In Red Dwarf, I guessed it made sense because he's like the Knight in Shining Armor kind of guy, so it made sense that he should be rescuing a princess. It's very true. In
0: Red Dwarf, who became an intergalactic version of Rupert Murdoch, only without the later's impeccable integrity and sense of fair play, by creating a TV channel showing such classics as Woman Shower Night? Was it Lister, the Cat, Crichton, or Rimmer? The cat? Incorrect. I'd go with Crichton. It was. It was crazy TV. It uh, was, uh, I believe it was season eight or nine. Was it eight or nine? I think it was eight where they ended up on the prison ship. And they were all like, Creighton was actually locked up with all the women because, of course, he doesn't have genitals. So they figured he would be better off <laughs> with a bunch of women. Um, and they started uh, Crichty TV as a way to make money, well, make money in prison. And it featured him, like, going into the shower with a camera as he was, yeah, he was enticed by Lister to do so. Um, yeah, of course. And hilarity ensued. That's when they were the um, the canaries. They called them canaries because they would put them onto the planets, and then if they died, it wasn't a big deal, and they would know that <laughs> they shouldn't go there like they used to use canaries in the mines. Ah, fun fact Lister didn't want m- for much on Red Dwarf. Some onion bias? Biaz- Bijaji? Bijaji? Yeah. Onion baji. Baji. Yeah. A fresh pair of pants would probably suffice. That, and being able to live with Konchansky on a farm. Where? Was it.
1: Oh! I want to try Fiji.
0: It was Fiji. That's correct. Uh, did you know what he wanted to raise when he was in Fiji?
1: Oh, did he want to raise, uh, I want to say horses kind of, but I also think it was goats. So no, I don't yeah, really know. You get, you
0: get a third of a point. <laughs> that's pretty good. There's still two thirds of a point. Do you want the other two thirds? Uh, I would say Cows. It was a pig. Well, actually you, you get a, you also get a third of a point. Oh yay! He wanted to raise um horses. And I think just and to be dis- have a sheepy cow and he wanted to raise horses. And of course cows. Brian, uh, Lister was like, You can't what? You're gonna raise anyway, you've you you ruined me Lister. It. I think no, you've you ruined it. You should get you a point as well. You've ruined my train of thought again. <laughs> <laughs> just
1: let the MC talk. Ugh. Cows. cows. <laughs> You get a point as well, Boom. So that's a third of a pointage. Uh, anyway. He's doing a, a great one. job.
0: Red Dwarf's cat, who we all know has cat, um, had a had a dream once, and it actually is the opening to one of the episodes. Uh, name this hit, name the song that he sings, which actually became a real world single. Was it Saucer of Milk? Where's My Fish? Finger Licking Good? Or Tongue Tied? Brian. Tongue Tied. That's correct. Tongue Tied. Tongue Tied. Gobble, gurble not familiar gerble, with song. Did gobble, that actually gerble, do well on the whatever charts? Whatever like, it, it did. I, I, I did include it in the first part of the question. It was a real word thing. I don't think it did very well actually. But it was well, a great because song. Because when
1: I was reading a bio thing, maybe in that book that I handed you or whatever, it said that um, Grant Naylor there had, uh, had written a hit song. And I'm just wondering if that, that could, is, in fact, it. the hit song. Maybe, um, I don't know.
0: We should look that up later. I'm not
1: saying it's like a, you know.
0: It is a great song. And actually, of all the songs. Like a Grammy or anything. It's one of those songs that constantly gets stuck in my head randomly. I'll just be walking down. Tongue-tied, tongue And they're dancing. gobble girble double double dee ba And it was a dream that he had. He was reading it. He was watching mm. the dream recorder. and He was like, I'm trying to find that dream. Uh while, no, while he's not led an existence more servile and humiliating than that of a post-recession graduate intern, Crichton did enjoy the TV show Androids, a thinly-veiled satire of EastEnders, Neighbors, Coronation Street, or Casualty. Right. Coronation Street. Um, I'm, I'm going to say most likely not, sadly. Damn! I'll go with neighbors. You're absolutely correct. It was neighbors.
1: Damn. Yeah.
0: Which was a great show. Yeah. English I was going to say the other one. Um, the best East But Enders? the other one, East Enders, yeah. But that's
1: like London, and I'm pretty yeah. sure the show was written in Manchester. Like it was filmed in Manchester, and there was kind of a rivalry between the Liverpool side mm-hmm. with the London side of BBC yes. and the Manchester mm-hmm. side. Even though, so I wouldn't think.
0: That even though Lister is from Liverpool. Yeah, that's Which right, they yeah. chose a Scousy guy, right? Yes. In one of the less likely Red Dwarf plot gimmicks, yes, that's even including Lester having babies, I know, it's weird, uh, the curried one caused wits obscure historical figure from 1546 to appear on the ship? Was it the Mayor of Warsaw, the Deputy Sheriff of Hull, the Mad Monk of Barcelona, or the Chief tea boy of Pope Hercules IV?
1: Uh, the T boy. Incorrect. Yeah.
0: Thinking Oh man, it's really tough. There's a lot writing on this, Brian. Yes. I'm gonna go with A, which was the the Mayor of Warsaw. <laughs> yes. Yes, you're absolutely correct. It was yeah! the mayor of Warsaw. <laughs> The um, day is mine. <laughs> right. This was a, a classic, another classic episode of uh, conscience and paranoia. Uh, Lister gets extremely ill and has a high fever, and his uh, Dave, we feverish know dreams actually become reality. And one of the things is besides the fact that it rains herring in the ship, right. um, and it also <laughs> creates a cop, um, human entities of his conscience and paranoia. But it also brings up the mayor of Warsaw, who they talk about earlier, who actually walks in the room and spontaneously combusts um, Mm. as the legend of the Mayor of Warsaw goes. There we go. Point for Brian. Um, Lister is many things on Red Dwarf. He's a layabout, a slob, and a god. At least to the cat civilization he is. um, Who had enough sense to give Lister's deity a very silly name. What was that name? Was it Demetrius the Dumb? Lembic the challenged, Cloister the Stupid, or Plankton the Smelly. Cloyster the Stupid That is correct. Yeah. He was Cloister the Stupid. <laughs> I'm Cloister, Cloister, Lister, Lister, Cloister, Cloister the Stupid. Um, yeah. Uh the cat people, of course, m- proclaimed him as God, as we find out um in an early episode has uh Cloister or Lister's finding out about the cat's life and yeah, the entire world of the cats were based on the fact that they were going to go to Fuchal um, and open up a hot dog or donut stand. Uh, they actually had holy wars based on the fact that they weren't sure what colored hats to wear. Can you name what colored hats they fought over? Brian? Yellow hats? No. Incorrect.
1: Uh, chartreuse or aubergine hats? I'm thinking mm-hmm. of the cat. I'm taking like away Punch him right in the face. Points. Yeah,
0: punch him really hard it in the was, face. He said aubergine. It was blue. It's an eggplant, motherfucker.
1: So million,
0: it, it was, was so blue eight. or red. <laughs> Dropkick him now. Uh, it was blue or red, and the hats were actually supposed to be green. Was it eggshell? <laughs> eggshell color? Like a bone bite um, eggshell? Lister briefly not? tasted life as a non-looser by going back to his teenage self and inspiring him to market which money-spinning invention which he stole from Spotty, uh, one of uh, Lister's ex-bunkmates from camp. Was it the anger ball? The stress pudding? The Tension Sheet or the Happy Frisbee? Brian. Happy Frisbee. Incorrect. Johnny? Uh,
1: What are they again? I'm going to go with Tension Sheet.
0: It is the Tension Sheet. Uh, For bonus point, what was the Tension Sheet? A blanket. No. Incorrect. A condom. It was um, actually a small piece of bubble wrap painted red with the word Tension Sheet. Written on it, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was essentially, if you were stressed out, you would pop the bubbles. Um, the episode, of course, was the time slides button, where they, where Creighton was found out that if he could develop, as he was developing photos, they would come to life because the mutated uh, chemicals. So they decided that uh, Lister eventually wanted to change, or Rimmer wanted to change his life by going back in time and stealing the idea from the tension sheet from one of his campmates. Unfortunately, Lister. Beat him to the punch and, yeah, hilarity ensued. In a moment of made-up pseudoscience worthy of a drunken Einstein, Crichton once revealed in Red Dwarf that time is poured into the universe through what? Is it white holes, black suns, red quasars, or orange blobby things?
1: Orange blobby things.
0: Incorrect. Brian. I'm not used to this one. I'm still adjusting. Uh, I would say the white. What was it? White. White holes. White holes. That yeah. is correct. Oh, okay. It was white holes. Yes, that's right. The Time. white. The white Literally. thing. Good, good answer. Pours through space through white holes, much like your mom. Ah, thanks to the... My mom listens to this, be careful. No, she doesn't. Yeah, she does. (laughs) Well, we'll get angry emails. Sorry, Mom. Thanks to the Total Immersion video game, Better Than Life, the cat was able to create a few girlfriends for himself in Red Dwarf. In his unusual restrained style, he opted for a mermaid, and who else? Was it Helen of Troy, Cleopatra... Michelle Pfeiffer, or Marilyn Monroe? Marilyn Monroe. That is correct. Uh, For bonus point, the mermaid that the cat uh, conjures up, is it a fish top and human bottom or a human top and fish bottom? Fish top, human bottom. You got it, of course. He's a cat. (laughs) Uh, Marilyn Monroe is actually a ongoing reference throughout Red Dwarf, um, including the last night the aforementioned episode where it was apparently Crichton's last night. They build him a sex robot that's supposed to look like Marilyn Monroe. And looks more like a fat man in drag in a bad robot costume. Um, which Crichton's like, oh, she's lovely. I can't wait. <laughs> um, and then it explodes and all kinds of fun. And, of course, there's uh, posters of Marilyn Monroe in Dave Lister's quarters. And as well as she's been referenced quite often on, during the show. And for good reason. She's kind of a sex pot. Um, and when you're deep in space, what do you need on your mind? Well, sexy women, I guess. Floating around in deep space doesn't just seriously hamper your chances of getting decent mobile phones reception. It also plays havoc with your sex life, believe it or not. Which is perhaps why Lister and the Cat developed an unfortunate crush on which, on who, in, <laughs> crush in Red Dwarf on Margaret Thatcher, Olive from On the Buses, <laughs> that's a terrible one, uh, Wilma Flintstone, or the Caramel Bunny. Right. Caramel bunny. Incorrect. Wilma Flintstone. It sure was. In fact, uh, there's this episode, I think in season six, where they have a whole conversation about who's sexier, Wilma or Betty. Mm. And of course, it ends up being Wilma. Uh, thanks to the gene-bothering powers of a DNA modifier, the red, dwarf, bleh, the red Dwarf Crew managed to turn a mutton vindaloo into a large and presumably delicious monster. What was the only thing that could harm it? Was it bazookoids, a mango lassi, fire, or lager? Lager. Of course, cause how else do you kill off a bindaloo? With (laughs) logger. Yeah, they throw up. Somehow uh, they found a DNA making machine and it actually splices DNAs and makes creatures out of them. And sure enough, they make a monster made out of uh, mutton vindaloo. And the only way they... um, Lister's actually been shrunk, I think, and he's been turned into almost like a little RoboCop thing. And he's like, logger! And they start just throwing logger at the thing and it dies. (laughs) Ah, crazy. Uh, The appearance of which hollow ship in Red Dwarf caused Rimmer to go all Humphrey Bogart and sacrifice his chance and happiness out of love for a fellow hologram? Was it the Rapture, the Enlightenment, the Discovery, or the Oblivion?
1: The Enlightenment?
0: Uh, Yes, you are absolutely correct. Um, It was a ship full of holograms that were there for the express purpose but to bring enlightenment to the world, mm-hmm. and ultimately they were asked to. Lister was asked to join them, and he was like, eh, "No," even though he got to have sex for the first time ever. Well, second time ever. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, the Master, of course, is well known from <coughs> Doctor Who, uh, which is kind of funny because a lot of people. This will directly kind of competed with Doctor Who when it first came out. Doctor Who was still kind of around. It it wasn't doing well. It was in its kind of later years in 88. Um, But the Master, of course, was a famous Doctor Who villain. Um, But he's dead to us now. We're talking about the Master from Red Dwarf. And who was that? Was he a deranged, delusional alien tramp? An android vastly superior to Crichton? A manifestation of Rimmer's self-loathing? Or a chef... At Lister's favorite takeaway. A manifestation of Rimmer's self-loathing. You are absolutely correct. He was. Um, Yeah. And he kind of tracked them down. (laughs) And everybody's like, who is this guy? And all they had to do was knock Rimmer unconscious so that he would stop following them. Everyone loves Starbug. Um, Of course, Starbug was the little ship that you could fly out of Red Dwarf. And that was kind of green, like an and it was like green, really. and it looked like a bug. <laughs> it was actually a great little thing. Uh, Starbug, but a spare thought for the original shuttlecraft, which was sidelined by Red Dwarf's writers so ruthlessly, it would almost make you cry. What was its name? Was it the Blue Midget, the Purple Panther, the Red Devil, or the Pink Rod? <laughs> the Pink Rod. Incorrect.
1: Damn. Uh... Uh, I go with Red Devil.
0: No, it was no, the blue I felt bad about midget. That after. That's, I was thinking Manchester. It was the blue the midget. Devil. Ah, that's cool. all right. Uh, red Dwarf has its share of celebrity cameos. Not very good ones, but hey, you know whatever. <laughs> uh, you could sell these ones in Poundland, basically. Who played the Gelf Chief, whose daughter Lister was compelled to marry? Was it Lionel Blair, Andy Crane? Ainsley Harriet, or the guy from the Silic Bang ads?
1: I will select Ainsley Harriet only because he's the only one I've ever heard of.
0: It was Ainsley Harriet. Really? Uh, the terrible celebrity chef that has plagued Britain for years. Ainsley Harriet played a Gelf chief in one episode uh, where he actually got married off to Lister. Um, bonus points. What does Gelf stand for? <laughs> yeah. Anyone?
1: No? No.
0: A genetically engineered life form.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ.
0: engineered life form. The Red Dwarf crew were reunited with Kachansky in a strange parallel universe where Kachansky herself sounded considerably less Scottish. <laughs> what was the other difference? Um, a. Lister was a hologram. B. Rimmer was gay. C. The cat was a dog. Or D... Crichton was a military kill droid. Cat was a dog. Incorrect. Damn. Uh,
1: hmm, the Lister one.
0: Lister was a hologram. You're actually yeah. correct. Lister was a hologram. And I'm pretty sure Lister was gay also <laughs> in that episode. But he was a hologram. Um, yeah. But uh, it was a weird episode. That's where actually Kaczynski comes back. Um, and, of course, there's a lot of kind of upheaval between him and Rimmer Rimmer then leaves the show the next season uh, due to the fact that he had other obligations and Kachansky took his place and many people say that those episodes are some of the worst episodes but you know what I, I love them all so mm. I'm yeah, neither one to say or not she was though. the second person to play Kachansky yeah. um, but she was quite well there's some great episodes there was a whole episode where they get stuck in the um, the heating ducts and they're trying to get through I love that episode Postmodernism used to be a pretty rare and sophisticated thing. Now it's as common as Carrie Katona. I don't know who Carrie Katona is. Even Red Dwarf went all postmodern with Back to Earth when the dwarfers meet up with who? Was it Craig Charles, Danny John Jules, Chris Barry, or Robert Llewellyn? Danny John Jules. Incorrect. Damn. Craig Charles. Correct. Uh, you didn't ring yes, in. I didn't cheater. even understand the question. Uh, <laughs> you didn't even ring in. Basically, no. um, what you're, had happened was the, the the series Back to Earth was the three extra series, which took a decade. It was almost a decade before these. Uh, episodes aired again um, it was originally supposed to be a movie which get then got translated into three full-length episodes um, they ended up going back to earth only to find that their show is basically a tv show and they tracked down the actor who's on the show who is craig charles who at the time was on coronation street and of course <laughs> they tied in the fact that they find him on the set of coronation street uh, Red Dwarf Back to Earth was notable for many reasons. Uh, the ingenious plot, the twist ending, the wrinkle lines on our beloved characters' faces, reminding us of our own imminent mortality. Oh, and the appearance of a new hologram called what? Was it Nicoletta, Svetlana, Katrina, or Vampirania? Katrina? Correct. It was Katrina. There you go. Nice. Another me- <laughs> Another point for Brian. Whee! Uh, one member of the Red Dwarf crew managed to scheme blackmail and cheat his way up the ranks. Nope, nope, calm down. It's not rumor before you buzz in there. We're actually talking about Captain Hollister, hmm. uh, who was the original captain of Red Dwarf before everyone was destroyed, who was revealed to actually be who? Sammy the Sarny Boy? Timothy the T-Boy? Crispin the Crumpet Boy? Or Dennis the Donut Boy? <laughs> Crispin the Crumpet Boy. Incorrect, T boy. Incorrect. The correct <laughs> answer is Dennis the Donut Boy. Donut, you yes. fucking donut. Rimmer, of course, uses that information. Um, this is after the ship's been recreated, and when the nanobots recreate the ship, they actually recreate the entire crew as well. <laughs> so they end up back on the ship, and that's when they get thrown in jail. Um, and they, you know, basically Rimmer tries to bribe his way back to the top um, to find out that Captain Hollister did the same. We got five minutes? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, we'll make it. Red Dwarfs Lister and Tony Blair have a lot in common. Weirdly. Not that their names are both Tony or Blair. Both contain livers. Both were also in rock bands. What was Lister's band called? Was it oh. Smeg in the Heads, Dave and the Chapatties, Currying Favor, or the Bazookoids? Currying Favor. Incorrect. Uh, I'll go with Bazookoids. You are also incorrect. It was yeah. Smeg in the Head. I was.
1: That was my first intuition, but I changed my mind. Another
0: classic moment from the Time Slides episode. Uh, for a bonus point, can you name the song that Smeg in the Heads <laughs> wrote?
1: Oh,
0: no. No. Oh. Oh, it's the name of the song. The name of the song was Ohm. Uh, you're so crypto-fascist. Stop saying that. <laughs> uh, here's a really anal question for joylessly pedantic Red Dwarf fans. Um, um, just how long and was Lister kept in stasis at the beginning of the series? We've actually already answered this question. Was it three million 10 million 5 million or 38 million brian 10 million. no
1: oh, jesus <laughs> it was 3
0: million it was 3 million and P- peter falk was there fred savage i will drop up. kick you right in yes. the mustache i swear to god uh has so um you'd think seeing into the future would be fun or enlightening. In fact, it's smegging annoying. As a red dwarf crew discovered when they kept glimpsing future echoes. What caused the future echoes? Was it a space virus? A playful and sadistic god being? a la, um what's his name from Q? <laughs> there we go. That's good, a totally other word. Uh, well red Dwarf exceeding the light speed of light? Or Holly just titting about? Ryan, Speed of Light. That is correct. Uh, they were going to Speed of Light, so of course things that haven't happened yet were catching up with them. And yeah, they started to see future echoes, which were literally echoes into the future or their future. Sweet. Where Lister basically first finds out that he's going to have boys, twin boys. <laughs> but there's like, how are we going to get twin boys without a girl on the ship? Ooh, it's, I don't know, but it's going to be fun to find out. <laughs> <laughs> As a previous question told us, we know now. Uh, Following the example of Oscar Wilde and other timeless wits, Rimmer delivered some fine and pithy last words in Red Dwarf before being killed and resurrected as a hologram. What were they? Was it O Smeg Me? Pink Helicopters i don't want to die a virgin or gazpacho soup. soup that's right it was gazpacho soup um the story of the gazpacho soup of course i was finally invited to the captain's table where they all got to sit around and eat with the captain um, the first course was gazpacho soup um, which came and it was ice cold has um, gazpacho soup is served um, of course, listen, Rimmer, being the idiot he was, uh, sent it back, demanding that it came back piping hot because his soup was cold. And he called that gazpacho soup day, which was also the day that everybody died. Uh, being marooned together can make you bond with just about anyone. Stalin, Piers Morgan... <laughs> Gary Glitter, you'll just end up seeing them in a better light. Think of Stalin and Gary Glitter in the same (laughs) same sentence. That was very interesting. (laughs) Uh, Red Dwarf's Lister did with Rimmer when the latter confessed to being what in a previous life? Was it Horatio Nelson's eye patch maker? eh, Alexander the Great's chief eunuch? Winston Churchill's toilet seat warmer? Or King Henry VIII's pie inspector? King Harry the VIII's Pie Inspector. Incorrect. Now, Johnny? Chief Eunuch. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, I was Alexander the Great's Chief <laughs> Eunuch, um, which he, he wasn't. <laughs> we got. Uh, I got three more questions. We'll do it. Uh, Red Horse Crichton may have had his flaws, but we'll say this for him at least. He didn't try to massacre the crew in a moment of supreme and terrifying derangement. Like his successor, what was the replacement android maniac's name? Was it Johnson?
1: Still want to say Uh, Queek.
0: No. Was it Johnson, Pipson, Hudson, or Zetson? Hudson. Correct. It was Hudson. Uh, The great episode, of course, where comes the thing about uh, silicone heaven. But No silicone heaven, but where would all the calculators go? Uh, Never mind Stephen Fry, Judy Dench, or that meerkat who says that funny word in that funny way. Our true national treasure is clearly Red Dwarf's ace rimmer. This great hero owed his existence to what event in his childhood? Was it being kept back a year in school, being sent to fat camp, being zapped with radiation, or being picked on by his P.E. teacher? Brian. Set to fat camp, sorry. Incorrect, Damn it. Johnny. The PE teacher. Incorrect. It was for being kept back a year in school because it made him tougher and harder, and knew that he had to be better than everybody else. Uh, and is this some, no? We got two more questions during the Red Red Dwarf's cruise, ill-fated excursion to a world populated by waxwork androids. Think Madame Tussauds, but you know, kind of more mad. Uh, Lister was forced to witness the firing squad execution. Of what Winnie the Pooh? Winnie, you're absolutely correct, Uh, dude. Yeah, it's like, and they find. I just watched them kill Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) (laughs) They're bringing (laughs) someone out. It's (laughs) Winnie the Pooh. Pooh. He's refused the blindfold. (laughs) Uh, That's pretty awesome. The final answer, after a long triumphantly chucklesome run, Red Dwarf came to an end in 1999. Until we resurrected the show on Dave with Back to Earth and Red Dwarf 10 and, of course, 11 and 12 now. Uh, the very last scene belonged to Rimmer. Who did we see him kick in the unmentionables? Was it Lister, Hitler, Death, or series co-creator Doug Naylor? Brian. Death. Absolutely correct. It was death. And it was a fitting end. So there we go. That's it from there. Um, Another funny little tidbit story before we end. Patrick Stewart was originally going to be um, involved in the show. And he decided not to because he had previous engagements. Um, And he then went on to, of course, do um, Star Trek Next Generation. But one day he was at home flipping through the channels and he caught Red Dwarf. And he honestly thought that it was trying to mock next generation so in a mad attempt he called his lawyers to you know be like hey like we got to get on these guys they're they're ripping us off and they're make trying to so. they're making, make, make it make it so, so. Until he put the phone down and started watching the show, and was actually quite titillated hmm. about how hilarious the show was, and became an avid fan. I'm pretty
1: sure Alan Rickman was also. Considered Alan Rickman for was the, considered. Uh, show. Yeah, he was, I but of course, in, um,
0: I believe he was originally wanted to Rimmer, wanted him to play Rimmer. Um, but of course, the the problem with that was they didn't want predominant um, film actors if the show got popular because it would be hard to schedule them to do exactly. the show yeah. and do their films so there we go uh, i'm gonna tally up the scores and at the end of the day well the only thing that wins is the wide expanse of space so here we are <laughs> uh, so well from put. me dave lister i am brian rimmer rimmer and of course rimmer. I don't johnny like the last
1: name rimmer it's a
0: comfortable shotty <laughs> <Johnny> Gimboid um, <laughs> that's it from us go and watch Red Dwarf download it it's on YouTube you can find it anywhere it's, it's definitely worth the time to watch yep. um, and then next time you can watch listen to this episode and maybe get some fucking answers right Um but, yeah, you guys did great. It was fun. It brought Super back a lot good, of memories. Super uh, good. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and all that other shit. And listen to us on Stitcher Tuned In and iTunes. And keep
1: listening, you know. And oh, and people SoundCloud. from, like,
0: Japan and stuff, if you're learning English, this would probably be the worst oh, example of English Rima. you could ever get. But <laughs> try <laughs> us buzzer. out. Keep listening. We love you guys. Thank Everybody you. all around the world that listens. Super cool. Yes. Thank you. 30 years of Red Dwarf, and I can't wait for the next season to come out. So, good night, and yes. us here in the red. Good night, and be with you, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Happy birthday, Red Dwarf. Happy birthday, Red Dwarf.
1: Caspacho soon. I can't stand it. <laughs>